Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr., and I am joined today by my lovely wife, the incomparable Bianca Calhoun. And today we want to bring to you a very special message, something that was on my wife's heart that she kind of revealed uh, to me. And I didn't even, I've never thought about it, but she saw this uh, undercurrent that is going on right now, especially as it pertains to an attack on our children. And so what I want to do, I want to turn the floor over to her because truly when you start looking back at it, this undercurrent and the devastating effects of secrets, the devastating effects of secrets is very real. And she saw an undercurrent in how the enemy is trying to uh, get our children to really become secretive and hide things from their parents. But I just want to turn it over to her and let her share with you some of the things she has seen uh, in the um, out in the entertainment industry that has appealed to our children becoming more secretive. Um, first of all, hi. Um, <laughs> my name is Bianca. Um, one of the things that I've been seeing, like with our kids and the things that they're watching, is um, this undercurrent of children keeping secrets from their parents. So we took our kids to see the um, new Miles Morales movie. And in the movie, Miles was basically kind of struggling with keeping this secret about him being Spider-Man from his parents. And you could see that like he was visibly wanting to tell them and trying to figure out how to tell them. But there was still the undertone of like, you can't tell them, like if you tell them, then their life is gonna be in danger and like you just have to keep this big secret from your parents. And then there was another show that our kids was watching and um, like the young lady is a superhero and all that kind of stuff. And like she keeps the secret from her mom, she keeps the secret from her friends, and then like you can basically visibly see her just having this inner turmoil with keeping all these secrets from people and not being able to share anything with anybody. And she eventually like breaks down and finally tells her best friend what's going on. But there's this undertone, especially like in kids' movies and kids' books and kids' TV shows, of like you have to keep secrets, like. You have to keep secrets because your parents would never understand. Like, your parents have never gone through anything like this. And it's kind of like, we've all thought that at some point. But the reality is, like, our parents have gone through these things. Our parents have, like, the knowledge of whatever our insert situation is. But we have to be willing to say, like, okay, this is what's going on. I'm going to be completely honest and completely transparent. And... I believe that there's strength in transparency. Mm -hmm. And so if the enemy wants to get at your kids, then he's going to convince them that like, you know, if, if you're transparent with them, then you're showing signs of weakness and you're not strong. And, you know, they're just going to take that information and just run with it and embarrass you and this, this and this. And so like it's created this concept in our children's head that like we can never talk to our parents because they'll never understand. But the reason why the enemy would do that is because, especially if you have parents that are believers, that are strong in the faith, that are strong in the word, they will, like, basically cover your situation in the word and be like, uh, absolutely not. Like, he's not even that strong. This is what you need to know. Pull out your Bible and let me tell you what your rights are as a kingdom citizen. So if he can convince them not to come to you, mm -hmm. then that actually helps his cause because, you know, ain't nobody there to fight. Because <laughs> right. the kids just don't know yet. But if you watch, as parents, if you go back and start watching what your kids are watching, you'll see the undertone. And when you see the undertone, talk to your kids about it. Like, we had a conversation with our children, and we're like, listen, this is what we're seeing. This is the undertone. 
And you guys need to know that, like, you can come talk to us, good, bad, or ugly. Like, yep. we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to, like, give you the word on it. And if discipline needs to happen, then we'll discipline. But then we'll move on. Like, life goes on. It's not a, oh, my goodness, my life is over type of thing. But if you don't talk about it and everything keeps piling up and piling up and piling mm -hmm. up, then it makes everything worse. And ultimately, you're going through more struggle than you actually have to. And that is the whole end goal because now you're distracted with this issue mm -hmm. instead of focusing on like building yourself up in the faith and strengthening yourself up, strengthening your spiritual endurance. And so when it is time to have to go to war in the spirit mm -hmm. realm, you're too tired, you're, too you're not equipped, yep. you're too weak, and like yep. you're of no use to anybody. Absolutely. Uh, one, so one of the things that I know Bianca and I really strive to do is keep an open line of communication with our children, making sure that they know that despite whatever they're going through, they can always come to us because the enemy loves to, to hide in place in our lives. Um, we've been talking about strongholds and blockage removal for the past three months. And we can tell you the devastating effects of secrets. We've seen um, in ministry how family secrets can can literally almost destroy a life, um, how it can take someone down. And we're talking about an adult. But here the enemy doesn't wait for the adulthood. He wants the children because of their strength. He wants the children because they can believe. And so um, I'm, I'm, I was just thinking as you were talking about it. Uh, even you go back to like Cinderella or any of those, uh, The Little Mermaid, um, all these movies, all of them, there is always an undertone of your parents will not understand. And this is one of the ways that homosexuality has been allowed to creep in on our children. If you know anything about science, your sexual behavior, sexual maturity, sexual puberty and all that stuff doesn't really kick in. And the hormones don't start raging till about what, maybe preteens, pre some a little earlier, 10 or 11. But about your sexuality, what, what do you need to know about your sexuality at seven, eight, nine? But then what happens is the enemy convinces them your parents can never understand. Just keep it from them. That's, and that's the place where the enemy wants to hide the most. That's where he wants to hide the most. And when you give him that space. He will pull from behind the curtain and manipulate and control. And, and be, honest, be honest with you, when you think about all that stuff coming down on someone, that's why some kids commit suicide. Mm -hmm. That's why they commit depression. suicide because of the depression. The depression and not being able to feel like they have a place to go. So one, one to our young people and children who, who have secrets, please, if you don't feel like you can go to your parents, Go to your spiritual parents, go to your pastor, go to a leader and tell them what you're dealing with. Because those who are wise should be able to lead you and guide you in love, in love uh, to freedom. OK, that's important. And if you have and if you are parents and who have children, guess what you need to do? Open up your heart. Be understanding. Um, be transparent. Be transparent. Like I remember <laughs> growing up, one of the things that used to just really annoy me to know and about the adults especially in the churches that we went to it was like they could point out everything that you were doing wrong but none of them ever did anything like they've been saved their whole lives <laughs> so like you know we actually had a situation where a young lady was at a church and like she had on a tight skirt and you know the the older women in the church were like mm, look she don't even have a slip on or nothing like that and I'm like how like 
at this point, the only reason I know about a slip is because I had a grandmother who was active with me, who was active in my life and who was active in my mom's life. And so like, yeah, I'm going to church with my grandma and she's like, um, yeah, you don't have a slip. Go ahead and go to the back. But at this point, there's a lot of kids who don't have a grandmother like that. There's a lot of kids whose grandmothers are in like their forties. And so they don't know to go get a slip. They know about spanks and all that type of stuff. <laughs> and so like, you know, maybe her mom just didn't know to, you know, hey, she may need a slip to make it look a little smoother or whatever, or so that you can't see her panty line. But the first inclination was to talk about her. And that's why kids don't respect the adults in their lives. Because, like, if I know that every time I come to you with something, you're going to judge me or you're going to say something about me, then I'm just going to stop coming stop to you. Stop coming to you. Yep. Like, just myself. point blank. Why would I come say anything to you? Because all you're going to say is, like, oh, you know, you're, you're dressing trashy and this, this, and this. Like, with our daughter, she doesn't have an issue with whether or not she gets our approval on what she's wearing. Because from day one, like, my grandmother set the standard. Mm -hmm. My grandmother set the standard for my mom and her sisters. My mom and her sister set the standard for me and my cousin. And me and my cousin set the standard for our children and our, our nieces. And so... With that being said, like, from day one, Sierra knew, like, we're going to be cute, but we're going to be covered. And, like, if it's too short, then we're going to go ahead and pass that on to somebody else. And that just means we get to go shopping and get something new. But, <laughs> but there's a standard there. Like, she already knows. Yeah. You know, there's certain things I'd be like, mm -mm, that's a little too tight. Well, mommy, no, it's a little too tight because I can see your panty line. Oh, okay. I'm going to go get something else. Okay, get something else and be cute. And the, and, and the thing is, we don't want to hold a standard. We don't want to establish a standard. Our standard in our household is Christ. He's the standard. Okay? And he talks about, in the Bible, in the scriptures, he talks about dressing modestly. And so I've never had to be the one to be like, uh-uh, you ain't wearing that. I didn't have to do that because she said it. But also, our children feel like they can come to us and say, hey, how's this look? Or what do you think? Or this, that, and other. Because, you know, they want to know that they are in the right. They want to know that they are okay in what they do. Um, our children come and tell us a lot of things, which we want to keep that line of communication open. Because the reality is the enemy is going to always try to pull them into a corner. Always try to pull them into a corner. A young lady, I know, of course, all of us were in high school at one time. You would be like, hey, girl, come over here and try this lipstick or try this or try that. And, you know, no, don't tell your mama. Don't wipe it off before you get into the car. You know? <laughs> I, so I my mom, my mom was like, you can't even, like, you could play with makeup at your friend's <laughs> house. And that was only when I went to one particular friend's house. Outside of that, like, I was not allowed to wear makeup and... The standard, I think, was originally 16. I did not wear makeup makeup until I was, like, 23. And that was because I was selling Mary Kay. But outside of that, like, I, it just wasn't, it wasn't allowed. Like, my makeup was the little lip gloss from the um, hair store. Yep. And maybe as I got a little older, <laughs> she might have let me do a lip liner or something like that. But it was just, like, it wasn't the standard so now I'm not as strict with Sierra. Like she has her little girly makeup. Like, you know, we have this makeup company that makes makeup for little girls, but she knows that like you can play with eyeshadow at home. You can do a little bit of blush if we're going out and lip gloss and it has to look classy. 
she knows once we get beyond that line and she knows what the line is, she'll always come like, Daddy, how does my makeup look? Or, Mommy, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, girl, look at you. I see you. Or sometimes I'm like, Sierra, go wipe that off. You already know. Why'd you even come here? She's like, I know. (laughs) And she'll put her head down. But as parents, Mm -hmm. like, even when it comes to the standard that we have for our children just on dressing, like, when our boys put on a Oxford shirt and some jeans and put on some nice shoes and everything that got their hairbrush fresh cut, I'm like, oh, look at you. Yeah. I'm hyping them up. Mm-hmm. I am hyping them up. They put on some cologne. I'm like, oh, oh, I see you. I, oh, we got to smell good today. I ain't had to tell you to put <laughs> yep. on deodorant or whatever because I'm setting that standard for them. Right. When they don't meet that standard, I'm like, dude. Dude, come on. Come on now. Go put some lotion on. <laughs> Go for Put the lotion up. Did you use the dual wipes? Did you wipe underneath? Like, come on, man. And they're like, no, I didn't. Well, okay, listen. Yep. That's what you're trying to do? Like, we're not average. We mm-hmm. don't do average. And I'm like, okay. And then they'll go do what we ask them to do. Mm-hmm. But even though we say it like in a joking manner so that it got, like, it's a little easier to take, mm-hmm. but I'm still keeping you to that standard. Right. But the thing is, as adults, we don't want to create standards because then, oh my gosh, we would actually have to hold on to our own standards. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you to be putting on deodorant if I was like, you know what, I really, I'm not feeling deodorant. I really like the funky smell. Then I can't (laughs) tell my kids to put on deodorant and smell good. That's right. So like, as parents, we have to check ourselves because in, um, I think it was when I was in college in our communications class, it's... 85% 85% of your communication is not what you say, it's what you do. And so if they see you doing one thing and saying another, they've already written you off as somebody that's not mm-hmm. trustworthy that they don't want to have nothing to do with. And about the transparency, and I'm going to share this with you all because I shared it with my boys. I've shared this story and this testimony with them always. When kids who struggle with secrets, especially kids that deal with anger, that deal with anger. I was a child that had to deal with anxiety and anger. I did. And one day, I'll never forget that um, I was so angry. I was angry with my father about something. I can't remember what it was, but I was so angry. And I got into my mom's car, and I was headed to class. And in the midst of heading to class, um, I've driven my street coming out my house a gazillion times. It was raining this day. I was so angry. And then I hit the brakes from the car, and the car did not stop. It went head on into an embankment, crossed an intersection. Praise God, no one was coming on the intersection. But I missed the pole by Lily this much. I could have went head on into a telephone pole. Possibly could have killed myself. And what God was showing me is that you need to slow down. You need to calm down and slow down and think and not react in rage or in anger or whatever because you lose control. Well, guess what? When my sons or even my daughters start... When I see that coming up and I'm seeing that as being a problem, I share with them the things that I was going through at that moment. I share with them with how that anger took control of me and how it almost killed me, how it almost ended my life. And so I'm transparent about the things that I have done with my children. The the lies. (laughs) Oh, like no one's never lied to their parents. The lies. (laughs) uh, Sneaking icing around the public's cake. Guess what? My son did that too. I did. Yeah, yeah. You go around the back edge of the cake like that. And then you go in the middle of the night. Guess what? My son did that too. He did that too. And I was able to tell him, look, man, I've done that before. And guess what? Not telling the truth to your parents? Yeah. 
But I told, <laughs> but you know what I did? I also told them what it did to me. And I also told them what the consequences is. So I said, hey, look, we're here for you. We're not here to bring you down and tear you down, but we are here to give you guidance. We're here to give understanding, but we're also here to guide you. To guide you. Let me read this quick scripture. Proverbs 28, verse 13. It says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and, confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So in other words, to my people, young people who are holding on quietly to sins, don't do that. You give God, you give the enemy a place to come and play and to pull and manipulate you and hold you back from being free from that sin. He says what? If you confess your sin, there you will find mercy. You didn't, you're not going to find condemnation. You'll find mercy. I'll give an example of that. Um, what that means is like, if you got caught stealing candy or something like that, <laughs> if you if your parent comes to you and has the evidence of the candy wrapper or whatever their evidence is, and they're like, hey, did you steal this candy? You have two options. You can either say, mm-mm, or me. Mm-mm, I'm not who did it. Or you can be like, you know what? I did take the candy. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Now, if I have the evidence, and I'll tell you as a parent, if I have the evidence, and this is what my parents did with myself and my brother, and I ask you, I'm asking you because I already know. So if I ask you and you lie to me, now I'm going to have to give you a consequence for the lying and for the offense of taking the candy. Yep. If you're like, you know what, it was me, I'm so sorry, like, you know, I was hungry or whatever, and I took the candy, I was wrong, then the consequence may go from, I'm taking your video games or your cell phone or whatever, to, all right, well, what you're going to do is you're going to go to the store, and you're going to buy a new pack of candy, and you're going to restore that which you you, took. That's right. That's legal, like, that's retribution. But... If you lie, now it's like, what the hell? How do you know that you did it? Like, now you're wasting my time. Now I'm going to to bring the law. Well, you got godly parents. You got godly parents. They already got the story behind, behind them. You just need to confess. But I think to take that a step deeper, mm-hmm. when you, when we look at, um, like earlier today, we were talking about the Constitution with our kids. And um, when you look at the Constitution, it gives you your rights as a U.S. citizen. If you don't, if you've never read the constitution, go read it. So you know your rights so that they won't get violated. But the Bible as believers is our kingdom constitution as kingdom citizens. So when you lie, when you bear false testimony, when you operate in pride and rage and blaspheme the Holy spirit and insert all the other (laughs) attributes that are not of God, What you do spiritually is you give the enemy and his minions permission to accuse you. To now accuse you. Yep. And they wouldn't be wrong. God has to be like, mm, as much as I don't like it, you're right. See, she was lying. She's a liar. She's a cheater. She did this. She did this. She did this. And God is just like, well, if you confess, unfortunately, <laughs> because that's the reality of it. Yeah. Now, when you confess it, yep. Well, she's a liar. No, she lied Mm -hmm. and she confessed it It and it was forgiven. That's right. That's what takes that right under the blood of Jesus. Boom, it's gone. However, 
when you don't confess it, not only do you give the enemy room to accuse, mm -hmm. you give him room to operate through your body. And with spiritual law, that's why we always have to say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Outside of that, even God himself cannot reside in us without permission. That's spiritual law. So when we do things like lying and not confessing our faults one to another, then we open ourselves up yep. for the enemy to now be able to use your body yep. as a vessel yep. and manifest whenever he wants to, of whether it's rage, whether it's pride, whether lying. it's lying, whether it's you've murdered somebody with your words or whatever, he can manifest that because you have, whether knowingly or unknowingly, given mm -hmm. permission. permission. So it goes way more than, oh my goodness, I'm about to get my video game taken. Like, that's surface level. You would mm -hmm. rather have your video game taken for a day yep. than for your soul to be used, your body to be used. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of all of this, we all have to give our own account. Yep. And so when God comes back, do you remember that time you stole that candy and you said you didn't do it, but you did? Oh, you saw that. Yep. Yep. And for parents, let me say this to you. Um, it, I know this is geared especially to young people to not keep secrets. Parents, you have to provide an atmosphere and a place that your children can be, be vulnerable and be approachable. This is what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 6. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. Say it one more time. You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Can you imagine and think about all the times that you fell into that sin and how God restored you? And now we're dealing with young people, children, emotional kids who are trying to learn how to navigate their emotions. And that's our responsibility as parents, as godly parents, to help our children navigate their emotions because it's the emotions that the enemy uses to manipulate them. But you got to know that. But this is why we have to give our children a safe place that they can always come to us regardless of the mistakes they have made. I understand how it felt to feel like I had to fix my own mess. And the more I tried to fix it, the more it became worse. It wasn't just I broke down, started crying, and went, ultimately went to my parents and, and allowed them to hear it. And what I was fearing is this right here. See, I told, I told you, you so. See, your hard head behind. A hard head lead to a soul behind. They didn't say that word, but they said a hard head lead to a soul. You know what? But anyway, uh, but the point was, had I gone to my parents earlier. I would not have been in such a deep hole. For us as parents, we have to be understanding their children. And we're, and we're maturing them for the work of ministry. We're maturing them for the Father's purposes. And much like how we would want that mercy and compassion, we need to give that to them and let them know we are your safe place. God has given you, to, given, uh, you, given you to us to help bring you to maturity, to show you love, mercy, compassion, correction, because love has correction with it. But know that what we teach you and how we correct you, all of it has eternal purposes and is meant to guide you into the ways of Christ. So we have to be meek. We have to have meekness. We have to be understanding and compassionate. And let me tell you something. That was something I had to learn. 
as a father and as a husband, my wife, she asked me a major question, and I, and I pose this question to each of you. How do you want to lead? Do you want to lord over your children, or do you want to shepherd them? Lording over people is by force and by position. Shepherding is to guide and to lead by example, but also put Christ on display. And by putting Christ on they know how to. Have we ever misjudged stuff between our children? Yes, but you know what our children can say? We, we can't. Apologize. We apologize. Because we want them to know that no one is above for, uh, asking for forgiveness and saying, I was wrong. But you know what we learned also? We learned to be more patient and say, okay, let's make sure we ascertain all the facts. Right. And so for, for, your, for uh, you who are young, who are going through things in life, please feel like you can go to a, your, your spiritual leader, your parents. But don't sit there and allow the enemy to keep playing with your mind and with your heart and your emotions where you feel like there is no end or there's no way out of it or no one's going to understand. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God has given you and surrounded you with godly loved ones that you should be able to go to. And when you share that thing, the love of God will help you and it'll help make you free through the truth. So well, Also, like Calvin said, mm -hmm. parents make sure that you create an atmosphere for your children to be able to come to you. So that means every time they do something, they shouldn't hear how bad they are or you're just like your no good rotten daddy or you just like your no good mama. Like they should be able to hear like... Preach. Oh my goodness. Preach. Look at how you did that. Yep. Or when they've made a milestone, like one of the things that we've been working with our oldest son is like... You're a teenager. Look back mm -hmm. at where you've come from. Like That's right. the struggles that you had and like look back and like allow God to bring those things to your remembrance that happened and allow yourself to live in the moment of now and see like, oh my goodness, this time last year I was doing this, this and this, mm -hmm. but now I've matured and I've been able to like share with my brother or share with my sister or my cousin or some of my friends some of the things that I learned mm -hmm. through those struggles. And so, wow, I'm so grateful that I made it through. And, you know, we're constantly having to remind him to do that. And eventually he'll get to the point where he does it himself. But as parents, we have to create that environment like, hey, yeah, listen, yeah. we about to celebrate the heck out of the fact that you are five years old and you didn't throw a temper tantrum today. <laughs> Good job, little Billy. Like, whatever it is, like, little yep. stuff. Like, yeah. Sierra used to just, Woo! she would get upset and she would have, like, her pop-off game was super strong. But, like, when she <laughs> yeah. would have a day when I didn't have to correct her on popping off or how she's speaking to somebody, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Sierra, guess what? Today, you didn't. You totally did not pop off on anybody. And she'll be like, I didn't. Nope. I watched you. Today, you didn't do it. And I was like, okay, dance break. And we start dancing. Just like little <laughs> stuff like that. So now, mm -hmm. when she has a situation, she'll be like, Daddy, I, just, I need some help. Mommy, I need some help. Mm -hmm. I can't handle this situation. Okay, well, what's going on? Yep. Well, I feel like such and such looked at me and I don't appreciate it. Okay, well, why is it that you're offended by how they looked at you? Maybe they're looking at you because they think you're beautiful. Well, are you beautiful? Well, yes, but okay, <laughs> well, there we go. Don't get upset about it. Okay, you need a hug? Yes. Give them a hug. Yep. Send them on their way. Yep. Like one thing that we implemented 
especially we've been reinforcing it lately, mm-hmm. is if our children have a disagreement, they have to talk out the matter because we are the judges. So yeah. you get to say your truth, you get to say your truth, and the reality is the real truth is somewhere in between the middle. We have to figure that out. Once we get to the point where we've adjudicated the matter, everybody apologizes for whatever it is they had to do to apologize for. And they have to be specific. They can't just be like, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, really. I'm sorry for <laughs> calling you a butthead. Or I'm sorry for saying that your breath stank. Or whatever it is. Yep. And then you have to hug it out. That's because right. you correct in love. And so... I've now corrected you on the fact that you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. You've now apologized for the fact that you've hurt my feelings. And we're going to hug it out so that we know that we still love each other. And then we're going to move on with our day. Yep. And, we, and, and it goes to the biblical principle of how, and, and I believe it's in the book of James, it says, confess your faults. One to another. One to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So we need to teach people that just saying, I'm sorry, is not enough. You need to state the offense. You need to state what the offense is, state why you're apologizing. And here's the thing that we teach our children, we hold them to this hard. When you ask for forgiveness and you say it is forgiven, I better not hear it again. Because when God forgives us, he says he remembers them no more. As far as the east is from the west. It's the sea of forgetfulness. So guess what? When we forgive, it's done. I better not hear that situation brought back up in a way to, to hurt someone else or to remind or to attack them. Now there's times where God will remind you of what you did here and how he delivered you and how when you changed your mind, the benefits of the thing, but it should never be used again to weapon as a weapon to hurt someone or to make them feel like they did not receive that forgiveness. Our, um, our boys especially used to watch Daniel Tiger. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs that like I used to, to have I used to have Daniel Tiger on repeat because <laughs> like our boys got to the point where like testosterone started kicking in and it was just like there was an argument about everything in life. Yeah. Like he looked at me, he said I love you, and I didn't want him to say I love you because like I didn't feel like being loved today. And like it was just like <laughs> back and forth. And I was like, oh my God, it is not this serious. But um when they would have to apologize to each other. I would play the little song of like saying I'm sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? And like it was it was really cute back then and like it, it kind of softened the mood and everything. But even now I remind him like, you know, I know that you're like almost 14 now and you're almost 12. But remember that time during the Tiger when I was like saying I'm sorry is the first step? Mm-hmm. So we did the first step, but like where's the follow-up? What was yep. the follow-up? And they were like oh, I'm like, sing it, <laughs> sing yep. it. And then I'm like, how can I help? Okay, well, how can you help in this situation? Like, if you broke his toy, how can you help? Do you know how to fix it? Do you have the money to pay for a new one? Do you, like, can you get mom and dad to step in and, like, figure out how to help glue it together or whatever? But, like, do the next step, the how can I help? And if there's no way that you can help, then I'm sorry, I realized that I can't really help the situation, mm-hmm. but I'm genuinely sorry. And like, let me at least give a hug and let you know that like, there's remorse here. Not like yep. a, I'm sorry. So I can go back to my show. Like, <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? So I think that even that was when they were like, 
three and three five and or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But the principle's the same. The principle still stands. Still so is. like, yeah. you know, back then I was able to put it in a song. Now I'm able to bring that song back to their remembrance and be like, hey, remember, we had that follow-up that we got to do. And they're like, we know, Daniel Tiger. If you don't do it, I'm going to make you sing it. Okay, I'm going to go do it. Yep. <laughs> like, I don't want to be singing Daniel Tiger. And if they don't do it, then I will. I'm, I'm that parent that will make them do it and yeah. make them like sing Daniel Tiger. And because they know that, they'll be like, okay, please, just let's, let's just do it. Do this so yep. we can get over with. And you know what? And after about 15, 20 minutes, sometimes we hear them come back and they'll go and have the conversations that they need to have. And they say, you know what? I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. Okay, I missed that. I, I'm sorry. And that's how you teach them conflict. And all the time, conflict since resolution. they've been kids, this has been the manual. Now, you would think, are we reading all 85? No, we're just molding their character. So that then when we read the scriptures to them, it clicks. Because now they've got the character attached to the scripture already. And now it's just when they hear the scripture, they be like, okay, I understand why I do that. I understand why we should do this. So secrets. Now, there are, some, there are secrets that are good that God reveals, of course, that reveals. So there are certain types of secrets like that are good. But even the, in the scriptures. Even in the scriptures, like yeah. certain secret concepts that are not secret because God just doesn't want you to know. They're yeah. secret because he wants you to dig deeper. Yep. Just like he spoke to the ancient Israelites in parables. Instead of just being like, hey, this is it. This is the concept. Because um, one thing that happened when I was a little girl, like, my parents would buy me stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm the only girl, I'm the youngest, and my parents would buy stuff. And when it came to my brother, my brother would have to, like, work for the stuff. And so what they started noticing is, like, with the stuff that I had, it was just kind of like, oh, great, I got a baby doll. And like with my brother, it'd be like, oh my gosh, I got this video game because I work for it and like I'm taking care of it. I put it in the case. I put it up. I like got this video game system. I keep it dusted. I make sure that like it looks like it's brand new, da da da. And like here's old Bianca with like the little dolls all over the floor carrying on and being like, you know, listen, it's a new doll out there now, so we getting it or no. You know, and they realized after a while that like he appreciates stuff because he had to work for it. Mm -hmm. But like she doesn't because she didn't. And so it's the same thing with scriptures. Christ spoke in parables because those who wanted to know dug deeper and, know. and found out. Yeah. But those who didn't, stayed they stayed with the parable. And yeah. it, was a, it was a nice story. It made them feel good and they went about their daily lives. But when we work for stuff, when we work to dig into the word and like get understanding and revelation, it's like... <laughs> that all these years and I didn't know that's what I was saying oh my gosh yep. did you see this and you're able to like have more intimate and more palatable conversations in your prayer time and in your conversations with God it's like oh my goodness like when I find out something my dad and I are heavy into sports so like if I find out something about sports or something like that like I call him like Oh my gosh, did you see that? Da, 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 da. And like we can talk about it and we'll analyze it and have in-depth yep. conversations and all that type of stuff. And it's the same thing that happens spiritually. Mm -hmm. But it's the desire to dig deeper. But the other thing that I wanted to say is I read a book, um, I think it was earlier last year, and it said start with why. Yep. Ooh, and Lord, that's a podcast. 
why gives you what your purpose is. But also one of the things as parents that we talked about from the jump is to explain to our children why we do stuff. Say that. And like growing up, like I know that our parents and our grandparents did the best they could with what they had. Mm -hmm. It would like annoy me to no end to be told because I said so. Yep. And I'm like, Leave that door open okay. for curiosity. So then that, door that open. curiosity door is left open. And I was the type of child that was like, I'm going to see for myself. And <laughs> like mess it all up because you could have just been like, we're not doing that because this is what it leads to. But that goes back to the point of transparency. Yep. So I could have been like, you know what? I'm going to smoke weed. Like, well, you know, the dare officer said not to, so you shouldn't smoke weed. But why? Yep. Well, just because the dare officer said no, so don't do it. Okay, so then I go out and start smoking weed, and now, like, I may be spending all my money trying to get that high all the time, or I may be, like, super, super late because I'm sleeping all the time or whatever. If you say, hey, don't smoke marijuana because these are the side effects... These are the consequences. consequences. Hey, don't start drinking when you're 12 because your body cannot metabolize the sugars and the alcohol and it'll do irreversible damage. Okay, Mm -hmm. that sounds bad. Not going to do that. Versus don't do it because this is grown-up stuff. Well, I want to be grown-up. Let me get some of that uh, Cavazier. Pass it on down. (laughs) We have to be transparent with our children yep. and stop just being like because I, I said, said so. so are there certain situations where you have to say i don't have time right now but yes I if i tell you to get up and move well why do i have to move move now, now. Yep. because i may tell you to move now because there's a car coming that's about to hit you and i don't have time to be like well you need to move right now because there's a car right behind you or there may be some kind of snake or some type of danger where i don't have time to explain it to you However, if I have created a habit and a pattern of telling you the why, then the one time or the few times that I I don't give you the why at that exact moment, you have to trust that when I do have the opportunity, I'm going to tell you why. Yep. Yep. You got to have the whys. You got, if you, if you give the whys, if you give the whys, you lower, I didn't say you stop. You lower the curiosity level, but also what you raise is the accountability level. And why? Because, look, in the garden, God told them, you should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest you shall surely die. So before they even went to think or do anything with that tree, God told them what the consequence was from the outset. And if we give our children the, the truth about a thing, and that sometimes means being transparent about what we've done and the consequences we receive. See, don't let shame. Don't let shame allow your children to walk in the same potholes that you walked in. Because even David said in Psalm 51, he says, so that I may at the end of have mercy upon me, God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy ten mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. He goes through all of this and says, restore to me the joy of thy Holy Spirit and uphold me with thy free spirit. And then he says, so that I may teach transgressors thy ways. 
Jay, look, David didn't try to hide and he didn't allow shame to hinder. He says, no, I don't want the people to do what I did and go through what I went through. So I don't want my children to go through the things that I went through. I'm going to give them wisdom. I'm going to tell them what the consequence is if they go through it. Now, if they go through to it and they get, they hit that pothole, they're going to be able to look back and say, dang, mom and daddy said that. Now, when I see them in the pothole, I'm not going to be, I told you so. I'm going to lend a hand and say, come on up. All right, let's Let, go over this Let's again. go over this again. Let's talk about it. Let's go over it again. Because they already suffered the consequence by falling in the hole. Mm -hmm. There's no need to pile on. Because if you pile on, then now all the work that you did to build up that trust. Trust is gone. It's going, you're going to work yourself right out of it. So we, this to me was so important to me. Because when she started showing me about how all of these kids shows and kids' movies now are about hiding, keeping secrets from your parents. And I know how to, even the spirit of homosexuality because our nieces talk to us about 9 and 10-year-olds in her school talking about homosexuality. These kids need help and they need deliverance. But they have to know secrets is a place where the enemy can play. But you got to be able to tell them the why. You got to tell them the why. Just saying, tell it to me. That's not working. They're going to just double down on it. I would say that at this point in the game, it takes courage to be a parent. Woo. Meaning, like, anybody can bring kids into the world. That's not hard. But it's hard to actually parent somebody, whether they're your biological children, whether they're your spiritual children, whether they're your adoptive children. Like, it's difficult to parent. But... Not even, but it requires an extreme level of courage because that means that you realize everything that you do is on display. That's right. Whether they say it or not, it's on display. And so it takes courage to be like, you know what? Hmm. Today was not my finest moment. That's right. I'm sorry. I lashed out today. I should have just walked off and taken a minute or whatever and I didn't do that and I lashed out at you and I'm sorry. Or I just cut somebody off in traffic and I cussed them out, flipped them the bird and everything. And now our kids are like, oh, that's how you drive. Oh, our kids will tell it. Mm -hmm. our kids, and our kids, our kids will do not, oh, you cuss. Do not slip up and cuss around our kids. Do not like cut somebody off in traffic no. around our kids. Don't run through a light around our kids because they are going to tell everything yep literally everything. i love it and we kind of laugh about it but they do that because they know the we've standards. set that standard they know the standards and they know even if we fall short we're going to come back and be like okay listen i screwed up on this i was wrong because the way we look at things like when we have to stand before God, we have to give an account for what we did and didn't do. That's right. And like our children will not say that they were never told. That's right. I, I Whether they no. do or not is on them. But they will never, never, say never say that they weren't told. That's right. And it takes a level of courage and boldness because the stuff that we're talking to our children about, like we ended up having to talk to our, our boys about homosexuality at the age of like five and seven tell it that's true because of something that we were watching a sports um draft show that we were watching 
on TV, and we were like, oh. okay, so we're doing we're this. here. So we turned <laughs> yeah. the TV off and we started talking to them, and then like our our youngest started going around at five years old and was like, anytime like that we hear the buzzword homosexuality, it was like, click, uh, two men kissing is bad, and then our <laughs> oldest would be like, yeah. <laughs> It's hype, man. Yeah. But it was because we had that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And so even when it comes to like our children and how they present themselves, their clothes and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, listen, you can't fit in because you weren't intended to fit you in. You weren't intended. Like, how Whoa, is it that I'm able him. to minister to you and I look just like you? Act like you. I act like you. I like go the same place that you, what you deem to be fun, I deem to be fun. But... It's totally different when, like, they're saying to their friends, like, oh, my goodness, we're going out to go trick-or-treating. And they're like, mm, we don't do that. Don't. No. So, wait. So, y'all don't get no candy? Oh, no, we get candy. We get candy. Oh, yeah. Our, our mom is, like, she's yeah, going to give candy. us candy. Well, so then what do y'all do? Oh, well, tonight is Halloween. And so what we're going to do is, like, we make pizzas and stuff in the house. We got a movie set up. Our mom makes, like, this huge basket. And she just puts all these different candies in there for us. And we have, like, candy and snacks for weeks. And I wait, till and the next, like, and I wait for the next day because I know the candy going to sell. That's, the, when I, that's what I do. He buys the sale stuff. I plan early, so I get the sale stuff, too. Yeah. It's just in a different manner. <laughs> but the point is, like, they told their friends that this year. And their mm-hmm. friends were like, oh. Oh. Yeah. And then when they came back and like they're at their class and everything, their friends were like, oh my goodness, what'd your mom give you guys? Yep. Like, oh, what kind of candy did y'all get? And like, they won't talk to them about trick or treating. They'll talk to them about like, what did y'all do last night? Like, did y'all make pizza this time? Or did y'all make muffins? Or like, what what was the thing? Like, what movie did y'all watch? We too scared to set the standard of Christ because we scared we don't, I told you we're not meant to fit in. We better get out of that mentality. We told our kids, I said, you're not meant to fit in. You're called to be the salt of the earth. You're called to be different. You're called to be a peculiar people. You're called to be a king and a priest. You are set apart. You are sanctified. But that's a, that's for another podcast. That's another podcast. Because we, we, we went through a hodgepodge of stuff today. But stuff that I think for parents and for you also, children, there's something in this podcast for all of you. And our, our prayer, and I should say, is that we strengthen the relationships and the bonds within the family right now. There's families that need a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't begin healing in condemnation. We have to begin healing with love. And, and that's also, what you also begin healing in truth. In truth. And like that goes back to having boldness and courage because telling the truth to people, especially family members, can be difficult. Because again, you don't want to be shunned, you don't want to be judged, you don't want to be fussed at and all that type of stuff. But we have to be at a point now where much like I think it was um what God said to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of men in their faces. faces. That's right. And so, listen, if what I have to say is offensive to you, what my mom taught me was that if there's offense, there's some truth Obviously to some it. truth behind it. So you need to sift out what's not true, grab the truth, and actually do something with that versus just completely shutting down. And we have to be to a point now where we're bold, Mm-hmm. To where we're transparent, and especially to where we look different than the world. That's right. If the world is wearing like coochie cutters and crop tops, then we need to be in like our Sunday best. 
you know, we mm-hmm. walk in the room, they need to be like, well, dang, who is that? Versus, girl, I know she Looking just like everybody she, else. She got the same clothes I did, and she was up there trying to evangelize me yesterday. Ain't nobody listening to her. <laughs> like, we have to look Don't be apart. a distraction to you the world. You have word. to set the standard. Don't be a distraction to it. So, like, yes, we have the freedom to wear whatever we want and all that type of stuff. And no, you shouldn't be judged on what you're wearing. Or no, you shouldn't be have assumptions made about you because of what you're wearing. However, if what you're wearing distracts from your ministry, distracts from your word, then we now need to go back and evaluate what you're wearing. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well... Look, we gave you enough to, to feed on today. I want to thank my lovely wife. And believe me, this will not be the last time. This will not be the last time that you will see her. Um, she has, a, she has a, a beautiful a beautiful voice, a voice of wisdom. Um, we work together in oneness. And that has taken some time. We're approaching 15 years of marriage. And trust me, there have been some hills and there's been some valleys. But we've always come up over the valleys. We've always come up over the valleys. And I've become a better husband, father, and son uh, because of it. And she's become a better mother, wife, and a sister because of it. Because we've established that standard. And we, we hold tight to the word of God and, and what we do. So we love you all. We pray that you've received something. We pray that there's uh, reconciliation and healing to your families and to my young people. Please don't hold on to those secrets. Seek godly counsel. God wants to make you free. Don't believe what the enemy is saying in your emotions. Get godly counsel. It's available to you today. So may God bless you. Till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast, we out. Peace.